You know that feeling in a conversation where you respond and you just have this, there's like a little nudge there, an intuitive hit that tells you "Ah, that wasn't the best timing in the world. Well, I think that is happening a lot to so many riders, particularly where their seat is concerned. Hi there, my name is Orna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world helping you to have better conversations with your horse and I think so much of those conversations are coming down to kind of your seat and what's been said by your seat, your bum. No, but your seat's not just your bum, your seat, I really believe your seat is everything from your belly button if you want to kind of, let's say a third of the way down your thighs, okay? That whole area is your seat and we use that more than we know when we ride. And I think for many riders, what can end up happening is they get into riding and they focus solely on the seat without first having developed and established their other aids. And I want you to just take a moment to understand that your body is all connected. You know this, I'm not telling you anything magical or new here today, but your body's all connected, which means that every time you move, let's say your lower leg, that is going to have an impact on the rest of your body. Now, as riders, the trick becomes being able to move one part of our body with minimal impact or influence over the rest of our body. And it's when we can do that, that we really and truly can begin to develop our independent seat, okay? So that's really important to understand. It takes time to develop your independent seat. But in the meantime, okay, so if you're still working on that and you're like, hey, I don't know, Lorna, I I use my leg and, and I notice my opposite shoulder ends up doing some sort of a twitchy thing up there in response. That's okay. Um, it, I always laugh. Children are so... They, they make everything very amplified or obvious. And when they ride and they, for example, use their legs and their whole body <laughs> goes into using their legs. And then adults seem to obviously realize this and recognize this, but adults take it the opposite way, <laughs> where children are very almost flamboyant in using all of their aids <laughs> to only use their legs. Adults try and like stem that movement, but what ends up happening is it comes across a stiffness and excess tension through the body. So there is a happy medium, but it is it, the, the happy medium takes time to develop, okay? But in the meantime, I want to talk today about how you could improve the timing of your seat aids in the saddle, okay? I want to give you three exercises you can use in the saddle next time you're in it to start really and truly working on this. So the first exercise that I want to talk about today and the first one that I'm going to suggest that you really and truly get into and begin working with with your horse is to feel what is going on underneath you in the walk. I spend a lot of time talking about this um, for basically more novice riders and also people who've been out of the saddle for any length of time because I think that being able to do this and being almost aware of it essentially at the beginning or conscious of it at the beginning doing it in a conscious way lends itself to it becoming a subconscious thing over time okay it's something that you can put onto autopilot and you don't have to think about it anymore but in order for it to get there you do have to spend a bit of time like noticing what's going on (laughs) Okay, so I want you just to notice how your seat bones, they, when your horse is walking, your seat bones will move like the pedals of a bicycle if somebody was pedaling the bike 
backwards. Okay, it's the easiest way I can explain this. So it's like this down and forward, and then at the same time, the opposite seat bones coming up and back, down and forward, up and back down and forward, up and back, okay? So I want you just to notice that play with it and realize that when your seat bone is going down and forward, the corresponding hind leg of your horse is also moving forward, okay? The easiest way to remember this is um, the down part means that the, the horse's tummy, if you want, the whole rib cage, the barrel, has just swung slightly to the right, if, if it's the left back leg, for example, so the, the whole barrel has swung to the right in order to make space for the left back leg to step underneath it, okay? So that's kind of the easiest way to understand that and to, to remember it, okay? So spend time working on that. Notice what is going on. You can use, if you're, if you're really thinking, jeepers, I can't feel anything, Lorna, I don't know what's going on. Take your feet out of your stirrups, okay? And also, if you can, find somewhere safe that you could perhaps close your eyes. And then finally, you could use the shoulder, the corresponding shoulder. Because remember, when your horse walks, he will move his left back leg and then his left front leg will move almost directly afterwards. So it's left back leg, left front leg, right back leg, right front leg. Okay, that's how he's moving in the walk. That's a sequence. So by you knowing, okay, so his left, for example, front leg is moving now. How does that feel? You know that the left back leg has just moved and use that to help you to kind of tie it in with where you are in the in the stride in the sequence itself okay from here i would then suggest beginning to work on the transition from walk to trot okay so this is a this is a strange transition because it's one of the transitions that we learn sometimes the very first time we get onto a horse we some some people go from walk to trot but we learn it pretty early and yet it is one that if we devoted a little bit more time and attention to, it could actually impact, positively impact the whole ride going forward. But because we do it so early, we kind of think, oh, well, that's simple. I know how to do that. No, 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 no. It does need refining. And that's what I'm talking about here. It's refining the transition. When you're sitting on a chair, okay, I'm just going to take you off your horse for a moment. I'm going to put you onto the kitchen chair. You're in the kitchen. You're on the chair. Now, not a stool, not a bar stool, a chair, okay? So you're on a chair in the kitchen or the dining room and you're, you have to get up off the chair. There's no armrests on this chair, okay? It's just a bog standard dining table chair thing, okay? And you have to get up. I want you to think about how you would get up without using your hands or your arms, okay? So I want you to feel in your core okay and and we're, we're down to now seat and core again but I want you to feel how it's almost like a lifting up feeling that first happens before you then if you want engage the the thrust or the push from your legs to get you up there's this there's this little feeling that happens first in your seat in your it's in your tummy it's in your core it just it's like this I don't know, it's an engagement and it's a lift, okay? I want you to practice the moment your horse makes that transition from walk into trot. The, like the moment that only you can feel, nobody else can feel this, you're the only person on the horse. Practice following with that, with that movement, 
Okay, and it's such a slight movement, it's a small movement. So it's, again, if you, if you want to practice this, get onto a chair, a dining room chair, okay? A dining room chair, a dining chair, what's it called? You know a chair that goes with table and chairs? Like, not a fancy chair, just a chair with no arms. Like a bog standard, I want to say a kitchen chair, but it's obviously a dining chair, but let's not talk about chairs too much. But I want you to get onto a chair, okay? And and it's important, this isn't an armchair, or a comfy chair, or a low-down chair. It's a chair you'd sit to eat at at a table okay one of those chairs so you're sitting on it there's no arms on it or you if there are you're not going to use your arms and you're going to you're going to make like you're going to get up you're going to make like you're going to stand up and just that that feeling in the first split second that you do with your tummy before your legs do anything that's the feeling okay there we go we've pinpointed the feeling practice that practice getting the timing right practice knowing and of course this also comes down to responsive this there's nothing in horses that are in riding really that is going to be standalone there's always going to be other influences and other considerations but just notice that feeling and try and time it better okay and notice how in doing that feeling you allow the energy to flow. And this is really important. So often we ask for trot and we're actually blocking the trot because we're like the lumps of lead on the saddle. So I want you to really and truly think think of yourself as a feather, um, but think light, think, think allowing energy to flow. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with... Um, canals or water or any of that sort of fun stuff but there's these um gates in canal so you get lock gates in a canal but you also get within the lock there's a little a little window a little opening it's called a sluice and the sluice just opens and it allows water through okay and I want you to begin thinking of your seat as being a little bit like the sluice okay so it's not letting the whole canal run out not all the water but it is allowing measured amounts of water through okay or it's holding the measured amounts of water there but it's also a good way of thinking about it and obviously the water is the energy okay so the final thing that I'm going to suggest you can do to practice um, the timing with your seat is the transition between walk and canter now not canter and walk that's a different kettle of fish but we're talking about walk and canter so walk to canter okay such a good transition. I love, love, love working with this with riders because you actually get to then combine the previous two things that I've just spoken about. So I spoke about the timing the back legs, well, the hind legs with your seat and being able to recognize what's moving where, okay? The being able to control and allow energy with your seat that we done there in that transition from the walk to the trot. And now you get to use that to ask for the canter. And of course, with the canter, there is a very distinctive strike, okay? And it just all comes together so nicely and it can really and truly help you with your timing. If you get the timing of the ask wrong, in the in the transition from walk to canter the horse will either do a little it's like a little double step in the walk they kind of go they, they do a little shimmy um it's like they, they go oh okay okay and they and then they canter or they go into trot and then they canter but i want you to work on that clean transition that just that straight off the bat and it's this lovely really well prepared clean transition you ask at the right time, you allow through the seat, 
and then you let your horse move forward. Now, the final thing that I want to just chat about quickly before I wind it up today, in all of those three exercises, okay, so feeling in the walk, the transition from walk to trot, and then the transition from walk to canter, I want you to also pay attention to the fact that there is a really direct and strong connection between your seat and your hands, okay? I want you to notice this. And I want you to notice how your seat leads the way. So whatever your seat does, your hands follow suit, okay? And I want you just to pay attention to that. It is really important. So many riders get it backwards. They put their hands and then their seat. Mm -mm. I want you to focus on getting this connection the right way around and the sequence of how it works the right way around, which is your seat and then your hands, okay? So you can work on that in all of those exercises as well. Notice, notice in the walk, notice as your seat moves, there's this direct, and it just comes a split second afterwards. Your hands must move as well to allow the energy in the walk, okay? Notice it. And then notice the transition from the walk into trot. You also have to allow, and then in canter it becomes really obvious, you also have to allow that transition. So just make sure that you're also paying attention to that. Okay, hopefully this helped you today. It's something to work on during the week. It is a basic, I think it's a really important basic and one that we don't spend enough time talking about, timing things. And then we give out, my horse is not very responsive. Well, well, perhaps it's you that's getting your old timing wrong there. So just pay attention to it. And um, if you want more help with all of that fun stuff, you can join me inside of Connection. All the details are over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash join. Okay, I'll see you there. Have a great week. Keep well, and I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.